With your connection to agriculture, I'm Joanna Guza. The world of precision agriculture is rapidly growing, and it is an exciting time to be a part of the agriculture industry. Our conversation today is on drone technology. My goal with this conversation is to cover the basics, the challenges, and opportunities when it comes to drone technology. Well, today we're talking with Sam Bibby. He is the UW Extension Crops and Soils Educator. Well, Sam, if you could just first start off by telling me a little bit more about your role and experiences with UW Extension. Sure. Yeah, I started as a crops and soils educator about a year ago. was previously doing some research using drones and some of that precision ag technology at NDSU and kind of excited to bring what I learned there and bring that to extension and try to help Wisconsin farmers. It's definitely becoming more of a popular item that people are using when it comes to precision agriculture. Let's really start with the basics. We've heard the term open source solutions. What are open source solutions and how do they fit into precision ag? Open source technology is really not specific to drones, but I think it is like a an ag-wide sort of topic that a lot more people should know about. Uh, you know, open source technology is really technology developed by the people that are using it. And it's generally free and kind of community-based, uh, like technology sort of collaborations more or less. So there's a lot of kind of like tech savvy farmers out there that are willing to write code and come up with these kind of cool programs that could be used by more people. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't know about them. I think that's generally because these projects are, you know, they're kind of grassroots, not really well-funded, don't do any marketing or advertising, that sort of thing. So you kind of have to stumble upon them on your own, but there's a lot of great, great options out there for farmers to use if they are feeling a little bit tech savvy, I guess. So before we jump into some uh, specific examples of open source projects, is there any non-ag open source like apps that you could mention right now that even just the non-agricultural community could relate to? The uh, software that you use on your Android phone, that's going to be, that's was started through an open source collaboration. I believe Google is the ones that are now sort of building upon that, but it, I believe the code and everything still remains open source and free to public access and everything. So that's like a, a huge one that really started that way. What are some of your favorite open source projects you think farmers should know about? If I had like a some short list, Ardu Pilot is a pretty great kind of like firmware software combination for drones specifically. It doesn't just have to do with agriculture, just any kind of drone really. It's all for autonomous drones. Um, you can set up this firmware to build your own drone. You can set it up to to fly routes on a field or take certain pictures at certain times. Um, totally free to use. And uh, like Farm OS, that's another one. That's sort of like a uh, farm management software. So you can get your fields in there, track your sort of field operations. Egg Open GPS is one of my favorites. That's like if you're interested in getting auto steer on your tractor or even just something like a light bar and coverage map for spreading fertilizer. Um, I've done this myself at home. We got a egg open GPS software running on one of our tablets with a GPS receiver, spread fertilizer, makes a coverage map, and we got a light bar so we can know where we have to drive. And it's costed us maybe $350, $400. It's wildly cheaper than other stuff on the market. We just had to be a little bit, I don't know, DIY with it, I guess. <laughs> other options like open weed locator, that would be like your open source version of like the real-time weed ID for sort of spot spraying with a, a sprayer. That was developed by, I think, Guy Coleman. He's in Australia. And then Web ODM 
is another one of my favorites, which is for uh, sort of analyzing data that you would like collect with a drone. So if you have a, a drone and you go out and take a whole bunch of pictures, you generally want to be able to combine those pictures into one. Like you would, you'd fly a field, take 50 pictures of the field, um, and then you combine them all to make a really high resolution map. And to do that with any kind of commercial product is pretty expensive. But WebODM is an open sourced sort of collaboration where you can utilize that software to do something like that for pretty much free. A lot yeah. of opportunities. And through your role, do you ever go to farms and, and help farms set this up or uh, doing any trials or research on your end? I haven't been asked to help with any of this stuff. Not that I wouldn't be opposed to it. I think uh, there's certainly some some application for these kind of products, especially for like small farmers who maybe can't afford like the big commercial uh, stuff that's a little more user-friendly. I certainly use WebODM for work. We have a drone here that I use. And WebODM was the only thing that we could afford to to run. And it works great combining the pictures we got and making maps and stuff like that. Now let's talk about the, you know, how farms are utilizing drone technology and what part of that is most exciting to you? So I think there's like a kind of a few categories that like ag drones will sort of fall in. I think the most popular for uh, just kind of like the average farmer is going to be like a smaller camera drone. They're great for like just field inspection. Uh, you can check crop health. A lot of people talk about having like a multi-spectral drone for checking like crop health and stuff. Those can be pretty expensive in like the five to $6,000 range, but the software for analyzing these images is getting better. And we can really use like a cheaper, just general uh, camera drone, take the pictures we want and then use those images in a kind of higher end software and produce like crop health maps and stuff like that too. Pretty similar to what you would get with a, a multi-spectral drone if maybe just a little bit less uh, specific. But small camera drones, super useful, really handy. I mean, you can just fly up and look at a field or getting an aerial shot of anything is really enlightening, I think, when you're looking at crops. Second to that, most people are probably excited about or talking about is going to be spray drones. They're getting really popular really large farms or um, maybe like egg co-ops um, or just like individuals will maybe buy these to spray either on their own farm or as like a custom gig. I think they're probably going to excel most. Like if you have wet ground, you can't get in with a sprayer or you got really tall corn, you can't get through with a high sprayer, maybe small fields like that you couldn't get a helicopter or airplane in. They're going to be great for that. Um, and then like specialty crops or orchards, pretty ideal for that as well. Obviously they're not going to be able to spray high volumes, so you can't go spraying anything that requires like a, a carrier volume of like 10 gallons the acre. Um, we're going to be looking at more like one or two gallons the acre with those, but really useful for specific applications, I think. Third kind of like category for these is going to be spreading drones, which we might use to spread like seed, cover crop seed, or uh, sort of stuff where we can't get in the field to plant otherwise. Uh, and I think it's kind of hard to make that, I guess, pan out with like cash flow or return on investment there unless you're using that cover crop for like grazing or it's a legume for fixing nitrogen or something like that. But. I feel like the farms that I've heard in Northeast Wisconsin that are utilizing the drone is more for that that last two items that you talked about, the spraying and the spreading. The one thing I find really interesting, and I'm not sure if you've had experience with it, but like that crop scouting. Can you share any examples of scouting that you've done with the drone? And then, you know, I, I always say we can go out there and get the content, but we have to actually know how to analyze it too. So is there software that's helping you analyze it when you're scouting it, or is that something you have to interpret? 
I guess my experience with the, the camera drones or inspection like that is all going to be from like a research perspective, but it's going to be pretty similar. Um, we're able to tell like general crop health for the most part is like the number one thing we can check with those apart from like maybe crop damage or wind damage or something like that. But crop health, we've got several different indices we can use to sort of like tease out what areas we should be looking at in the field for crop health. It's probably going to come down to like flying over a field. If we see a problem area, it's unlikely that we're going to be able to just say, okay, this is the problem. Like it's, it's aphids or it's uh, this disease. Instead, we're probably going to be able to identify that area and know where we have to go look in the field to figure out what's going on. Um, and save us a bunch of time hiking around and, you know, knee-high soybeans or something like that. But so not like a one and done solution, but definitely a time saver. Right. It's kind of giving you that general overview. And and who knows? I mean, I, this technology can definitely take off and we could have more of those abilities to detect, you know, white mold or whatever it might be. But it's very interesting to think about this as being your crop scouter. But I like how you said it's kind of going to be that time saver. So if a farmer that's listening is interested in using a drone, what advice do you have for them to get started? I think if you're interested in sort of like the crop health or scouting, uh, like a, you can find pretty affordable like camera drones, either used or new for like you know, $1,000 or maybe a little less than that. And they're going to be able to do most of what you want, just so long as you can, ideally, if you could fly that drone, set up like a map for it, and it could take pictures at certain intervals across that map, sort of autonomously. That's kind of one box I'd like to check, um, just so you can combine those, make a sort of a high resolution map, and then get it analyzed. And then, yeah, I guess my advice would be start small with something affordable and make sure that you like it and it's useful for you and that um, you can kind of get along with the technology. It can be a little bit difficult at first learning some new technology. So make sure you're up for that before you go investing a whole bunch of money. If you're looking at using a big drone for spraying or spreading, my advice would be to hire somebody to do it for you first. And again, make sure it like works on your operation. And then maybe after that, you can do the cost analysis and see if it makes sense for you to own one. But Is there any questions that a farmer should ask a company? Because I feel like that might become the next popular thing is we're going to have salespeople stopping at the farm saying, hey, I got this drone. Can I apply some of your cover crop seed? Is there something that a farmer should be asking those companies or just, you know, making sure they're informed of, you know, what could be happening with the drones spreading or applying whatever they need done? It never hurts to ask for like people's, you know, license material and proof that they got insurance, um, you know, work with somebody reputable. Other than that, you know, I think it's sometimes it's going to be hard to make the the cost work out just because it's sort of expensive right now. I think in the future, we'll either see bigger drones and a little bit lower rates or, you know, people with more drones can cover a larger area and charge a little less. But at the moment, I don't know. There's like just certain situations where it's going to work out and uh, others where it's definitely not. Well, and Sam, I know you and I are both very optimistic about this technology, but with everything comes challenges. Can you share some common challenges that farmers might experience when it comes to this drone technology? One of them is going to be just calculating like the return on investment to for a drone on your farm. It's kind of one of those like, especially like a camera drone, you can do inspections with and stuff. It's one of those handy tools, like it's a time saver, but how many farmers really like pay themselves an hourly rate either. So <laughs> it's it's going to be hard to make like it cash flow really well, just like, you know, maybe a four-wheeler or something that doesn't necessarily make you money, but it saves you time. So if you can overcome that, that's a big one. I'd say like regulation is the other one. 
I'm, if you're using a drone for business, you're going to be required to have a part 107 license. It's like a 60 question exam. It's mostly, if you ask me, the questions are a little bit too tailored toward like, you know, airplane pilots and that sort of thing. So they're kind of tricky like that should definitely study for it, but it's not something super complicated either. Other than that, larger drones, like 55 pounds and above, they're going to be require further training and licensing. And then. The other thing is like image processing. If you want to take pictures and analyze them, that can be expensive. Like we mentioned before, web ODMs, another, that open source solution that sort of might help with that. But if it doesn't offer everything you want, then you might be paying a lot of money for something else. I'm glad you brought up some of the like requirements or that you need a license to be flying that. And then even just the rules of when you are flying it up in the air. I've interviewed a, a company specifically that uh, has drones for um, agricultural use and the one item that he brought up to me or two items is like the amount of weight that a drone can carry. And this is more, I guess, in line of the work that the drone is doing. It doesn't have the capacity to carry anything super heavy yet. And battery life was a big one. Have you had those challenges as well and speak to those? That's one of the biggest sort of roadblocks for the drones that we're using to spray and spread. They're, I mean, the batteries are super expensive. Um, you're getting flights of like 10 minutes in. You've got to recharge those batteries, get them back on the drone. If you want to, you know, keep flying continuously, you got to have a big stockpile of batteries to be charging constantly. I mean, you can have half as much money into batteries as you do into the drone by the time you're done with it. So it's pretty crazy. So do you think this would be more of an opportunity for applying cover crop seed versus that fungicide, insecticide, just because of the weight differences that those have? I think you're going to have quite a bit of weight up with like that cover crop seed as well. You know, pretty similar to what your weight's going to be when you're spraying is my guess. So it's probably not going to be any more advantageous. Not to mention that, yeah, and will it cash flow or does it make financial sense to, you know, spread that cover crop seed, you know, with the soil health sort of perspective on things like sure, maybe in like the really long term, but does it work out in first year? I don't know. So right. a little trickier that way. Yeah, a lot of challenges that lie ahead, but I, I still feel like we're both very optimistic about it. Last question for you, Sam. What are your projections for the future trends in drone technology? We're going to see spray drones and, you know, the spreading drones get a lot bigger as the FAA develops like more specific regulations around drones. They've been, you know, sort of caught on the back foot, I think, with all like the sort of boom in drone technology and interest in it. So as we see them catch up and develop more regulations, we might see larger drones out there as long as they're proved to be safe. When you were talking about batteries, you know, that kind of made me think we're also going to, I think, or I hope that we see sort of a shift from batteries to like gas over electric. That would be like a drone that carries like a small gas engine with an electric generator and then powers some motors that way. No need to charge all the batteries or own all the batteries, just fill it up with gas, like liquid gas of one sort or another has a much higher energy density than like batteries. So a lot more efficient on the weight side of things as well. And then like maybe in the far future, you know, maybe we'll see more like fixed wing aircraft spraying, something like that. You know, I just really think technology and interest in this sort of thing is going to drive um, just a, a larger and more efficient drone in the future. We've been talking with Sam Bibby. He's the UW Extension Crop and Soils Educator. We've been talking about the basics of drones, challenges, and opportunities, and some future projections he has for this technology. Well, Sam, we appreciate your time and sharing more with us today. You bet. Thank you. And that's your connection to agriculture. I'm Joanna Guza.